Do you want to stay more focused on the right goals in your life or even just figure out what the right goals are for you? Do you want clarity? Do you want better work-life balance? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Success Through Failure. Welcome to the Success Through Failure podcast, the show that reveals failure as your path to success. You'll listen to intriguing interviews with some of the most successful people on the planet and learn how their failures became a launchpad for success and how yours can too. Here's your host, former Division I All-American wrestler, former Division I head coach, speaker, and personal coach, Jim Harshaw. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. Today, I bring you Eric Albright. Do you feel out of balance in your life, like your family and your work are your priorities, but you don't have enough time in the day, so you're shortchanging them both? Not to mention wanting to work out more or, or do more of the things that you love. Are you easily distracted and you want to be able to stay more focused so that you can lock in on the most important things that you know you should be doing? You want to be more consistent so you can achieve those goals that always seem just out of reach. Or maybe you feel like you just lack the motivation that it takes to get there. Or maybe you're just not clear on what the right first step actually is. Like every time you're about to take action, you doubt whether or not it's the right action or the right goal. I know the feeling. I've got a wife and four kids, I have a job, a rental property, this podcast, not to mention the inevitable challenges that just come up with life like you know illness and struggling family members or car trouble. I've got a lot going on. But when I was a Division I All-American athlete, I was completely locked in. I was focused. I was balanced. And I knew exactly what I wanted and the steps that I had to take to get it. But when I got into the real world, things got a lot more complex. There's just a lot more time demands. Like everything seems to be a priority. How are you supposed to figure out what's the right next step for you? Well, I've developed a system that helps you do just that. Find the balance, the clarity, the focus that you're looking for so you can take your life to the next level. So you can start seeing the dreams that are in your mind as realistic goals and have a plan to achieve them. Opened a few spots on my calendar for free 30-minute strategy calls so you can take that first step toward the life that you've always dreamed about. Just one simple step, one small commitment that will give you huge results, a simple phone call that will leave you with a plan. If you want this life, if you want to truly have a breakthrough, claim one of the few spots open on my calendar and I'll share with you the formula that has had people who I work with saying things like one of my recent coaching clients, Frank, who said, my only regret is that I didn't do this 20 years ago. Or like Isaac who said, I love this version of myself the best and I'll do anything to keep it going. I've got dozens more quotes like that. If you want to feel the same way, go to jimharshawjr.com slash apply. Eric is a pathfinder who I wanted to have on the podcast. And by pathfinder, I mean Eric is an alum of my coaching program, Reveal Your Path. When you witness a radically transformed life... It's proof that you can change too. And I'm bringing Eric on the show today, not to talk about my program, but because he's an example of your ability to create change in your own life, to get out of a rut and to live the life that you want to live, not just despite your failures, but oftentimes because of them. Eric was in an unfulfilling job. He was comfortable, but he knew that there was more in him. He knew he was leaving too much on the table and he didn't see a way out. And I've known Eric for a long time, as you'll find out in our discussion, 
but we hadn't talked to each other for quite a long time before we reconnected a few years ago. You're going to find his story very relatable and very powerful, and you're going to leave this episode inspired, energized, and excited because you're going to fully understand the steps that he took to get out of his rut and to get onto his path. Eric, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. It's good to have you on here. You know, you and I go way back and this is going to be, I'm just really excited to do this interview and it's interesting to hear a few weeks ago, I guess it was, uh, whenever I asked you to come onto the podcast, you said, no way. You said, this was actually a goal of mine a few years ago to, to, to actually be on your podcast someday. So uh, I'm pretty stoked about that. I was super stoked to hear that. And uh, so here we are. So let's do this, Eric. For the listener, can you introduce yourself and kind of just give your give give us give us an overview, a thirty thousand foot view of kind of where you're from, where you grew up, up until the point where you and I reconnected a few years back. Right, sounds good, and yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. That's something that I again, I'm super thankful to be here. I'm, I'm, I feel blessed and honored. Um, just all the speakers you've had on here, this podcast really, um, as we'll get into later here, really was a big part of how I got to where I was or where I am today. And yeah, it was. I actually found it in a journal um, about two years ago that I wrote down. One of my goals was was more like a bucket list thing at that point. It was like, hey, one day, like I'd, I want to speak on a podcast. And actually, uh, just tell my story uh, in hopes of inspiring somebody like all and so many people you've had on the show did for me. So to be here today, it's it's really something that it's a pretty cool feeling, um, and it really just shows that I am moving in the right direction. So a little bit about me. Again, yeah, my name's Eric Albright. I York, Pennsylvania. So I was born and raised Central PA. York, for those of you don't of you guys that don't know, it's just north of Baltimore, Maryland, just south of Harrisburg. I, I've Grew up, um, I have two younger brothers, so in a house of all boys, we were multi-sport athletes growing up. Um, it was always, we were just very passionate about competing with each other. And then obviously on the playing field, um, as we kind of got into high school, I, for me, wrestling became the big sport, the main thing, right? So it was all about putting, doing whatever I had to do to win that state title and get that division one scholarship and just kind of about all athletic based goals at that point, really. So um, that led me to the University of Virginia, so where I ended up meeting Jim back in the day. You were uh, Jim. You were coaching what CWC back then, Cavalier yep. Wrestling Run Club. Run the Cavalier Wrestling Club right. and uh, volunteer on the uh, UVA staff, technically. Yep. Right, and that, and we clicked. I remember. It's funny. I know we were talking about it the other day, but I remember back when we would be uh, just in the summer and stuff, like painting your house and working for your, yeah. one of your first businesses. Yeah, window, I had a window cleaning, cleaning business. business back in the day. You <laughs> had, yeah, I hired you for a few jobs there, yeah. <laughs> right, I, I remember uh, remember that stuff clearly. So that's uh, pretty cool. But uh, I think that's really where part of my heart is definitely in Charlottesville. So I spent three years there, um, wrestled, accomplished uh, some things down there, never really achieved what I hoped to. And then I was, so I was there for three years and then I transferred to the University of Pittsburgh, took a red shirt year my first year. My brother was out there, so he was wrestling at Pitt as well. And then I, I ultimately graduated from there with a history degree. And at that point, I really just had no idea what I wanted to do. I had no idea what I wanted to do going into college and left with a history degree and had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, part of me thought I wanted to be a, a teacher and a coach, but as I kind of dug into that a little bit more, I realized that really wasn't something that I was I was interested in. 
And all I really knew is that I, I wanted to compete. I loved to compete, right? I think it was looking back, I think it was really a safe zone for me. I knew I was comfortable. I knew what I was good at. So my natural path, obviously, as so many wrestlers do, was mixed martial arts. So jumped into that. I remember being at college and my high school coach, Biff Wallizer, who was an All-American at Penn State, he had he called me when I was at college and he's like, hey, he's like, I uh, signed you up for a fight um, <laughs> a week after you're home from uh, <laughs> from school. And I was like, a what? And he's like, yeah, your first fight. So I was kind of thrown into it real quick. I had 13 amateur fights and then ultimately had four professional fights and made my pro debut with Bellator MMA um, back then when it was on MTV. But yeah, that, that ultimately, I did that for about three to four years. And then at that point, we just, I, I kind of was burnt out by the sport. It was something that I, it, the purity, I would say, isn't the same as wrestling, right? So wrestling, you tear the line, you're going to compete against the person who's across from you. It's not, it doesn't matter how many tickets you sold or any of that stuff. So I think at that point, I just, we, my wife and I, um, we've been together for about 14 years, um, married eight. So we were just at a phase of our life where we wanted to uh, real jobs and we were talking, um, we needed the money, money was tight. So I actually, um, connected with a buddy who uh, got me a job at our a nuclear power plant around here. So it's about an hour South of my house. Um, and the nuke world, it's a very unique world. Um, and I, the money was great, but I absolutely grew to hate what I was doing. I, um, was working swing shifts. I was uh, making an hour commute there and back. It was 13 hour shifts. Um, doing what? Just something that I tell what us what you that? tell us what you were doing. So I was uh, in nuclear security. So I was actually carrying a gun and wearing all the gear and just uh, it was uh, <laughs> it became it was something that I, I it, it was just it paid the bills right. So it was something that uh, it was something a job where I had no clue what I wanted to do. So when I jumped into this, it was it was accomplishing what we wanted it to do. I was making just shy of 80 grand a year and it was comfortable. Right. So, but I became very stuck. So I was making some notes, trying to look back. And I remember making a, I think we did a clarity call. Um, and I reached out to you. Um, obviously I've always respected you from the UVA days. I remember back when I would um, be in some funks in my wrestling season or whatever it may be, you were kind of a guy who kicked me in the butt a little bit and just gave me, what I needed to hear, maybe told me um, what I needed to hear. So I think I connected with you. Um, we talked on the phone and just gave me some, gave me some ideas, some pointers and stuff like that. Yeah. And, but really I, I just, I was so stuck and I, I just, I look back and so many people, I was actually reading an email that I had sent you and it, it was, it was crazy because I, I truly felt like I had a ball and chain on my ankle um, from my job. And I think that's something so many people, um, our job, which we're so excited to get, right. We graduate college, have a degree, we, we get this job. And I think for so many people, it becomes this ball and chain around our ankle, which really just holds us back, holds us down for so long. And we get to a point where as our responsibilities grow, um, we just don't know what to do. Maybe we can't financially replace that. And that's, that's where I was at. I, I just was, um, we had twins at the time. So we had, they were at that point, they were about a year old. So we had twin girls and I was, had no idea how I could potentially ever leave that job. And at that point, basically I emailed you, we connected again on the phone and that's when the revere your path option came up and yeah. and that was something when I look back, a very defining moment for me. So let's start with that. So 
you know, you did everything right. You did everything you're supposed to do. You went to college. You got your degree. You were a college athlete, a successful NCAA Division One college athlete. Uh, after that, you even got into, you know, as you were a professional athlete. And you always hear about these great life lessons you learn in sports, and it's true. But you still ended up stuck. You ended up in a rut. You ended up, you know, you had a young family. Uh, you had a job that was paying the bills. Uh, it was, quote, comfortable, but it sounds like you felt like you had, you knew you had more in you, you knew you had more potential and you knew you were just leaving too much on the table. Is that right? Right. And I think for me, it was, I think honestly, knowing that I was capable of so much more made it worse because I was almost like found myself going into, I don't want to say depression, but, um, I just, I was, I felt so lost. Like I, I knew I was capable of so much, but in the professional world, I had no idea how to translate competing at such a high level. I mean, when you're wrestling at, I mean, a division one schedule and competing on that level and just not used to losing, right. I, mediocrity wasn't really in my vocabulary and then getting into the real world and finding myself in a job that was very mediocre. It was just very like being micromanaged every day when I show up, which I think a lot of people can relate to. I think um, a lot of times we, our work environments become very negative. A lot of people um, maybe aren't super happy to be there. And that's really, I mean, I I hear it a lot, especially now. There's just a, a lot of people, whether they make good money or whatever it may be, they're just kind of stuck where they're at and they don't really know what the next step is. So um, yeah, I think that, pretty much sums that up. And and so you, you and I reconnected. Actually, before we reconnected, before that clarity call, you had been getting my emails and knew kind of what I was doing. And, and it, by the way, for the listener, this this conversation isn't isn't not about reveal your path and it's not like a sales pitch or anything like that. This is about a transformation that happened. And so this is and you can recreate this in, in a lot of different ways. But Eric, so you, you had heard about reveal your path, you had heard about coaching but you had resisted it and refused it, right? Yeah. I mean that we, I was just like, well, there's no way that's going to help me. There's no way that's the answer. Right. And I, I mean, hearing about goal setting and all the core value stuff and all of that, it was just like, why? I mean, I was really at a point where I wasn't doing any self-improving. I, I wasn't listening to podcasts or reading books or doing anything like that, but I was just, I just didn't think that was the answer. And then I think, there was a, a defining moment where my wife kind of kicked me in the butt and she's like, listen, um, you're not getting better as a person. You're actually becoming a person that isn't too pleasant to be around. So our marriage was suffering. I was just, I think I was more miserable when our kids came. Um, and I just, uh, I didn't have any other answers at that point. I had nowhere else to go. I was looking back on the email that I initially sent you and I, I basically it, it sounds crazy just as far as mindset wise go, how much I've grown now to where I was. But one of the sentences in the first email I sent you was, uh, Do you I, have that I, email with you now? About, yeah, I actually pulled it up. It, was, I, it just said I was extremely intrigued by the entrepreneurs I spoke with. And I was just doing a little bit of networking around cause you had advised maybe just talking to some successful people. Right. Um, but then I said, many of them started their journeys when they were single and they had no one relying on them. That would make, taking financial risk, making, yeah, taking financial risks a whole lot easier. Um, so I was a hundred percent trapped with the mindset of I'm not going to be able to go anywhere and start or start anything. And, um, without, with the risk of losing my income. Right. And that's just, that's that ball and chain I was talking about. And that's that thing that, um, 
that's a scary thought. And I was just thinking, I think so big, I, there was no daily action steps, I want to say. So as you said, this isn't a sales pitch call, but the, the stuff that I was able to learn from you through, I mean, obviously the course, which we'll get into, but just the small things and really how to, how to, how to take actionable steps towards making this, these big things happen. Right. So accomplishing these big goals, they're, they're scary for a lot of people. They think about this, whatever it is that they want, but they just don't have that broken down into daily actionable activities that are going to ultimately get them to that place. So, and that's where I was. I was stuck for probably a year and a half. I think there was a significant amount of time between me making the decision that I needed something to change in my life and actually taking action on doing it. And that's when we connected. And um, when Reveal Your Path, when you suggested that to me and just creating that um, proximity with other like-minded people, um, that environment of excellence, kind of just putting myself around people who were either in the same situation or where I wanted to be. Um, And I remember clearly that day I walked into the garage my kids were inside yelling and screaming. I, I took, we, we talked on the phone and you explained a little bit to me. And I remember one thing that you told me and it really was, it was a really big deal. Um, but you said, Hey, this, uh, this group, it's, it's not free, right? Um, I, I'm not going to give it to you for free because I've done that in the past. And really, I believe skin in the game, you need to, it's going to hold you accountable. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and I look back and I'm like, man, it was such small thinking for me because I was like, thinking like, no, I'm not paying for this. This is not worth my time at all. And after the phone call, I remember talking to my wife and she's like, are you kidding me? She's like, do it. Like this guy clearly knows what he's doing a little bit and he's willing to put you around some other really, really good people. And I remember that phone call really changed my life and changed the course of um, where we're at today. So that's a, I always, we always talk about it, but I can't thank you enough for that. And it's pretty cool that we connected so many years ago through the sport of wrestling. And then yeah. ultimately it's going to change my professional life. And then also the course of my family's life. So pretty cool. Yeah. What, I mean, what a great story. And you, I love that you took us back to that moment in the garage where you, you, you were on the fence, right? And you had to make a commitment and you had to make a choice and invest in yourself. And so you did. So you invested in yourself and just kind of briefly Tell us what your experience was like in, in the program, in, in the Reveal Your Path program. So I think the biggest thing was uh, um, the accountability. And I, I remember what's crazy about it is I just had so many excuses why I couldn't have done it, right? So working swing shift, I know when we'd have calls or I had something we needed to do that week, um, I would just be, I mean, there were times when I was just, it would have been easy to make an excuse not to do it. Right. Uh, I remember literally wearing an earpiece walking through like the power plant or whatever it is <laughs> on the phone call doing something like yeah. totally not what I was supposed to be doing. But <laughs> at that point it was whatever we got to do, whatever it takes, I was willing to do. And then just hearing these guys stories, they're so relatable and just being able to pick small things. And that was really where it started. Right. So I, I, my goals, like that's where my core values, like I have, the the foundation of my core values started through that course and really just figuring out what made me tick and then breaking my goals down into the different categories. Uh, and that's still to this day stuff that we use and implement to really take ourselves to another level. There's always another level. We're always looking to level up and it all goes back to the fundamentals of what we learned in that course. So obviously I sound very biased, but I, it changed everything for us. So I'm very convicted about it. 
Yeah. Awesome, man. It's just so fun to work with guys like you and, and they get to work with so many people like they're just in that spot and, and, and want that transformation. So again, we're not, I don't want to spend too much time. Like I don't want any kind of, you know, try to come across as like a sales pitch, but I just think your story is so cool. So let's move on to kind of this moment for you. Like, it, like at some point in one of our conversations, there was a spark and you, th- and it maybe it was an email or something like that where I said, why not Eric? Right. And, and this is for the listener too. Like, why not you? Right. There's, there's people who are born like, like Kyle Maynard, who I had an episode, I think it was episode four, maybe way back in the archives where he was born with no arms and no legs. This guy's a New York Times bestselling author. He's uh, climbed mountains all over the world. He's inspiring people all over the world. I watched this guy actually wrestle in a na- high school national wrestling meet and tournament. And I watched him beat another very successful high school wrestler from another state. It, it just blew my mind, right? So I'm like, so why not you, right? And, and it seemed like that sparked something. That, that, was, that was it. And I literally... In- I was telling you the other day, I think too, like that email, I keep quotes with me and I read it every now and then I actually have it here now. Um, but I I've read it in front of, uh, my team of associates in our office. It's something that I've, it's just, it's so applicable for everybody. Right. So exactly what you just said, you basically talked about in that email. And then you said, why limit your thinking? Are you in a good job? Sure. If you had a low paying job, you'd have the same excuse. I need to get a job to earn some money before I start thinking about any new endeavor. And really, I was just such such small thinking in a way, right? So, and then really, this was it. This paragraph here. So you said, figure out what you want to do and start pursuing. As you pursue, as you take action, any action, new trails will come into sight. New doors will open and you'll discover different opportunities that you never even knew of. You may learn that the trail you're on isn't what you want to be doing, or you'll learn that it's easier than you think, or it's harder than you thought. So what's cool about that, when this all became very real to me, I was networking through this, right? So I was so focused on my environment of excellence. I had to, um, and something that I share with people who ask me, how did you do it? How did, what was the first thing you did? Well, when I was at the nuclear power plant, nothing was positive about the place, right? So I was not in an environment of excellence. I had to create that. So I did it through, I became obsessed with podcasts, with books, listening to this pot, your podcast. And I mean, I had a few, but basically just hearing these successful people telling their stories and they became almost like replacing the people who I was physically with. I was spending more time with the, the, the successful Uber successful people in my ear. Um, so any negativity I had, I was just getting flooded out by this positive positivity. And I really just started networking in the community. I would just literally contact local business owners or successful athletes or whoever it was and say, Hey, I I'm um, very intrigued with what you do. I would love to just grab coffee and just hear about how you became so successful. And when I started to do that, what I found was um, doors were opening left and right that I never imagined would have opened job offers um, ways, real legit with like alternative things. Like there was, it became real quickly that I was going to be able to get out of um, the nuclear power plant. And it really was just by me taking some action and simply just asking these successful people like, Hey, I, uh, um, I would love to learn more about what you do or how you do what you did and how you got to this point. And through that, like, I mean, heck I had doors opening in com- in industries that I was like, yeah, right. Like that's completely not me, but you know what? Like that paragraph that you sent me, I checked them out. Like I went to interviews. I went met, met with the CEO of the companies. Like I was, like, hey, I, you never know what, what this path could lead me to. 
And ultimately, it really kind of led me to where I am today, which is crazy. But that paragraph, I immediately took that and applied it to my life. Like, what can I do to take to take that action? And just I just followed every every door that opened. I went through because I had no idea what was on the other side. And I, I love this because you took the advice of testing something, trying something out. It, you know, it, it's it's called prototyping. Actually, in episode 124, 124 with Bill Burnett, he's the he's a Stanford design professor, author of a book called Design Your Life. Designing Your Life. It's a fascinating book. But but what Eric did, this is for listeners, is is he he prototyped, right? He took these experiences, uh, he, he took the chance to, instead of like saying, okay, I'm going to go all in on just quitting my job and then figuring something out. No, he said, I'm going to prototype an experience. And you can do that by, for example, having coffee with somebody, by reading a book about some industry. And that's what Eric did, right? He took these steps, these actionable steps, and he had people holding him accountable, right? Myself and the others in the group. And he was he was taking these actions, moving forward, and just new things open up. So you, I'm not even going to try to put it into better words than Eric just did because that's he said it all right there. So Eric, you got to the point where you had to actually make a commitment, right? You went through the program, you your eyes were open, the horizons were expanded, and now it's like, okay, at some point you have to to commit to something, try something, go down a path, and then commit, right? Jump, like take the right. scary step, right? Tell us about that. Absolutely. And I think the story gets fun at that point, right? So that's when we, so I'm doing all this networking, doors opening and stuff like that, pursuing stuff, having lunch. People are like, hey, you know what? Like, and I think back then, like, I was, I was literally, someone suggested to me, hey, you're so competitive. And with your, my, my heart has always been helping people. Like, I absolutely love making a difference in not only my community, but in the lives of people, right? Like, I, if I can, leave my house in the morning and come home at night and know that I helped put somebody in a better position or just change their day, impacted them in some way, That that's where what makes me happy. So I knew I needed to do something with people and obviously checking all avenues out. But I, at that point, had went, it was back in that time I met with my financial advisor. We met with one and he suggested to me, he's like, hey, you should check out this industry. And again, like going through every door, I was like, hey, why not? Right. So started browsing around. I started networking and talking with guys, wrestlers, some of actually the Revere Pass pro guys. And um, basically they were just like, listen, it's an awesome career. You have a, a lot of opportunity to help people. Um, it is a very cutthroat industry, So I, but I knew there was potential there. So I was really just looking for the same thing that I always looked for when I picked a college, when I when it automated led me back to you was that the mentors, like where can I go where I'm going to have the best coaches, the best mentors. And I just really was setting out to look for that. So the financial services industry happened to be where I ended up. But through that, I mean, I, I want to say that it was it was another leap of faith just kind of going into it, getting my licenses and stuff like that. But in the beginning, I, I was part-time. So I was actually a dual career in the beginning. I was part-time working to get my insurance and investment licenses and stuff like that. And really just figuring out if this was for me, right? Well, quickly we realized like this was going to be it. This was what we wanted to do for the rest of our life. And I say we, cause I refer to me and my wife. It was important to me that this was a family thing, right? Cause if we're going to, if I'm going to do this for the rest of my life and make such a big change, I want it to um, put our family, obviously move us in the right direction. So I was part-time and I was grinding. Like I, I look back and it, it was crazy. I would come off of these night shifts and in the morning and I'd be headed right to the office. I would sleep, not sleep some days for 36 plus hours. I'd be 
not seeing my kids for four or five days. And it was just me doing what I had to do. Um, and the hate for where I was, like, I think that's something I think very often it was said to me recently, but when the hate for where we are becomes so strong, that's when we'll change. Right. So it doesn't matter where you're at, what level you're at, you have to truly hate where you're at to want to change and want to grow. And I hated so much where I was that I was literally willing to do anything. I mean, I was literally changing from my uniform at work in the bathroom into my dress clothes that could go to work. If I was a day shift going on appointments in the evening or whatever it may be. So I grinded for about seven months and then I took the leap of faith and it wasn't by choice. Really. I actually ran out of vacation and sick time. So all of my vacation, all of my sick time was being used for meetings or events or appointments or whatever I had to do. I think I used my last sick day to, for one of our weekly trainings or something. And I remember we had a trip planned to go to New York city. My brother was actually going to be speaking up there. And one of my truth tellers, one of the guys in my life who holds me accountable, he said, listen, he said, you're going to regret it the rest of your life if you miss your brother talk. And I, so I, I just literally walked into my job and quit. And that was it. I came home. It was like, we're, we're done. I'm, I'm done with my job. We're going to, this is what we're going to do for the rest of our life. This is going to be the vehicle that we use to ultimately accomplish our, our big goals and dreams. And that was it. So my goal to was to quit this January, this past January of 2019. And I actually quit in May of 2018. So just over a year now, but at that point, I mean, it was, <laughs> we were all in. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun since then. So wait a second, Eric, I thought this was supposed to be this like happy story where everything just fell into place and it was super easy, but you're saying you had to like sometimes go like 36 hours without sleeping. You're changing clothes in your car. It's a grind, right? It's hard work, right? Right. I mean, and that's the, that's why I think the, the environment that you're with, I mean, there was never any talk. And I always say, and, and people, I think a lot of people, that's where they kind of miss this. They think it's all sunshine and rainbows. They think when I quit my, or I just found this new thing and I went and uh, I quit, ended up quitting my job and everything was easy. No, there was literally, my life was so out of balance. It wasn't even funny, but in order to achieve what I wanted to do, I needed to be out, out of balance. So there was no way that, I mean, at that point, my relationship was, uh, me and her weren't spending a ton of time together. I wasn't seeing my kids. I was definitely not working out as much as I should have been. So things were out of balance for the perfect, that professional aspect. I needed to get myself to a point where I could make that jump and transition. And ultimately that's going to lead to more balance in my life. But, but yeah, we, and that was, that's the, I love my wife to death and she was, it's part of being a team and having that aspect of our life in having control of it, that she was on board too. And without that, I don't know if we would be here today. She wasn't on my back and she knew I was going to do whatever it took for our family. And then ultimately when I jumped, I made that jump in 2018 and it was, uh, it was honestly one quote and I have it on my phone because it's crazy, but it's so true. I read it the day before the day of the day I quit my job. But Steve Harvey, the book Jump, um, he says, if you want to be successful, you have to jump. There's no way around it. When you jump, I can assure you that your parachute will not open right away. But if you do not jump, your parachute will never open. If you're safe, you're, you'll never soar. And I was like, all right, that's it. Like, I'm, I can't do this for the rest of my life. I can't wrap my head around working for somebody else until I'm 65, getting micromanaged two weeks of vacation, tell, telling me when and when I can't show up for work. I was at work both times. My babies were born. So the twins, I showed up 
10 minutes before they, she went into labor. My, my wife drove them to the hospital, both or drove herself to the hospital for both deliveries. And I was just like, my family doesn't deserve this. They deserve better. So we jumped and we were all in. So, wow. What a cool story. And for the, for the listeners, this is when you like have your round of applause that you should be clapping right now. This is pretty awesome. (laughs) And, and so I just want to reflect back to kind of two episodes that, that if you want to kind of do a, a study, a deep dive on, on Eric's story, Episode 153, I interviewed Don Yeager, who has written a ton of books on Walter Payton and just all, all the, the sports greats. And, and he talked about one of the commonalities or the, the sort of defining commonality is between the greats in sports is their hate to lose, their hatred of losing. And so making sure that you identify, you know, what, what is it? You certainly be grateful. Okay. These things are not mutually exclusive. You can be grateful for everything you have. And also hate the fact that you are in a certain place or you're stuck in a certain rut and you know you're leaving too much on the table. Those things can coexist. And that's what Eric found. So more on that in episode 153 with Don Yeager. But episode 204, I'll just give you another one if you want to go back and listen. Eric talked about going off course, right? Getting out of balance. He had to go out of balance in order to get what he wanted. But he knew where the path was. Like So basically... Think of it as this way, because the program's called Reveal Your Path. So he was going down one path, right? But it's not the right path. He knew the path was through the woods, over the mountain, and he had to blaze a trail, get off the path, and, and it was really hard. He's bushwhack, and he's got a machete, and he's chopping, and he's, and he's hiking through, and he's getting dirty and muddy, and, and, and bugs and snakes and weeds ripping at his face. He had to go through that to get to the path. But Eric, if I'm not mistaken, and you and I haven't talked about this, but were you passion-driven during that time? Did it totally suck? Was it like digging ditches? Or was it like this drive to get to something that was better, that was more exciting? No, I, it, I mean, it didn't suck. Like I didn't mind right. and it's, it's crazy and sounds wild, but not seeing my kids for four or five days was, it was, it actually fired me up because it just made me want to get to work harder because I knew ultimately, and this is written on a board in our room, but live like somebody else so you can live like nobody else. That quote fires me up just because I know doing the things up front, my babies are young. We have three little girls under the age of three that I know if putting in doing the grind right now and buying into the grind and the process is ultimately going to get us where we want to get to. And it, and we're going to be able to check them boxes off and start hitting the bucket list things. And we're really, it's opened the doors for us to dream again. I mean, a lot of times I think people's dreams, they just get stuffed in the closet. We graduate from college. We're expected to get a job. A lot of times what happens is we get married or have kids and buy a house. And a lot of times our job maybe isn't um, we find ourselves with some debt and stuff like that. Student loans kick in. And I think a lot of times we just get buried in this world that we have no idea how to get out of. And and I think too often we're focused on the big thing. So for us and something I, I definitely want to point out is like when I talked about the goal setting, right? So we are very big on our goals. So we break our goals down. We meet once a week, me and her, and she holds me accountable on that side. And I also have the truth tellers and, and just other people that I meet with through the months and stuff like that, but relationship, self, health, and professional, and then financial. I have my goals long-term, and then I have them broken down into daily goals. So every day I know what I need to accomplish in each of those areas. Now they're not all always balanced, but it really does keep us on track, right? And it's yeah. so important for 
for for them big goals, right? Not not to lose sight of them, but not to focus on them so much that you scare yourself out of not even taking a foot, taking a step forward, if that makes so. Yeah. I mean, when we did this and when I left my job and all of that, we brainwashed ourselves to believe that there was no what if, there was no safety net, there was no plan B. That's a good way to put it. So I think a plan B just paralyzes us because we're so quick to jump to plan B if plan A fails or if plan A gets tough. Um, so we just removed plan B. There was no plan B. And we just brainwashed ourselves, read it, see it, hear it. We always would literally, it's written, our goals are written all over our bathroom mirrors. There's post-it notes around the house. Every time I walk in the door, she's talking about our big goal. Our kids talk about it. It just it completely absorbed us. And it's wild because we literally spoke it into fruition and, and it happened. And it, it's just something that we're very convicted about the power of setting goals, I want to say. And it really just yeah. keeps, I mean, our marriage has gone to another level through this and it's made us stronger sitting down and understanding what she expects of me, what I expect of her, my health. And I know you're going to hit that in a second here because <laughs> that was a reason yeah. we talked recently, but everything, I mean, it's just something that it's super important to just keep yourself, keep it top of mind, what your big goal is, what, what's your, your why, what's your big, the big goal, but also break those goals down into actionable steps and daily activities that you know if you accomplish those things each day, win the day, win your life, essentially. So your them big goals are going to happen inevitably if you are just focused on the small activities. So that's what we do. Are we? How do we? What can I do today that's going to make me better tomorrow? And then that's the name of the game. It's success is a process, right? It, it's there's a system, there's a framework that you go about, and when you learn it, when you figure it out, you can apply it to anything. Whether it's your relationships, uh, self, health, wealth, professional, go- any goals in any area of your life, you can, you can apply this system, and and that's what Eric's done. He's replaced his salary. He told me, Eric, he told me you you achieved your three five three to five year goals in like twenty months. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, we had uh, we had timetables, rough timetables. We had no idea really what to kind of expect with that. But yeah, we knocked them out. We have, uh, now we have kind of setting new three or five year goals that we have within, uh, the next 20 months we can do. I mean, in our eyes, we're just getting started. Like we're just starting, we have a lot of fun. I mean, we have freedom of time to do a lot more, but that grind, we are still in full blown grind mode and that's not going to stop anytime soon. Um, we have very, very big goals. We want to really we have a, an awesome platform where we can help a ton of people and the impact in the community is so important to us and just really helping people who were either stuck like I was, or obviously I'm in the financial services world. So helping people on that side of things. So we just, we love what we do. We love where we're at in our life, but we have a long way to go. So yeah, that's, that's very accurate. And so you and I reconnected just again here not long ago because I had got, I received word that you're in the hospital. And I said, holy criminy, you know, I said, I got to call Eric. So I called you and I want to make a comment about sort of your mindset there, but can you, I mean, tell us what happened. Yes. Yeah, so Memorial weekend, I did the Murph like so many other people around the country. And that was my first time actually doing it. But as a wrestler, I mean... We, I mean, we've done crazy workouts pretty much our entire life. Like, yeah, in a Murph for the to... for listeners, if you don't know, it's like a kind of I guess probably started as a CrossFit workout, and it's named after a gosh, I, I should know his name. I think um, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Michael Murphy. Michael Murphy, uh, that's right. He was Operation killed in Red Wing with like. And his favorite yeah. workout is uh, the Murph, which is you run a mile timed. This is all timed. You run a mile, uh, and then you do. 
300 body weight. Just uh, well, you have a, a 20 pound vest on. You do 300 squats, 200 push ups, and 100 pull ups, and then another time to mile. Is that did I get that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and then I, I did, I did it, did but it. I didn't do it with a vest on. But but anyway, go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I didn't do it with a vest either, and it was. Uh... I did it with my brother. Some of the guys, high school kids from our club team did it and I got through it and it was all right. And I went on about our day and we, uh, we actually, what's crazy is we just hit one of our huge milestones. Um, and with this company, one of our big goals, we actually knocked out and, and it's all by the grace of God that it happened. But we, some things just like kind of came out of the woodwork and it happened a little sooner than we thought it was going to happen, hitting the goal that we, we were shooting for. And what do you know? I do this workout and it puts me in the hospital for a week. I woke up the one day, barely moved my arms. I thought it was just sore. Obviously, as an athlete, like soreness is part of the territory when you do 100 pull-ups and that 200 push-ups. But yeah, I went to the hospital and they basically told me I was in... I think rhabdomyolysis. So basically I, my kidneys were shutting down my liver, my, uh, the muscle breakdown was so extreme in my body. It basically clogged my kidneys. So I, I was just a mess. I was way, they told me I was within 12 to 24 hours of really talking about a life or death kind of situation. And I was sitting in the ER. I told my wife that day, like, Hey, I'm just going to go. They'll probably hook me up to an IV bag. I'll be home by lunchtime. And then six days later, I'm walking out of the hospital and 24 IV bags later, yeah, and it got a lot more serious than we ever anticipated it would and simply yeah. doing a workout. So it was pretty wild. And interestingly, um, another fellow Pathfinder uh, had the same experience. So Jerry, I know you're out there listening somewhere. <laughs> right. uh, Jerry's was actually even more severe. He, he, actually, he actually almost yeah, died. He was, right. Yeah. Yep. And that, it's brought a lot of awareness, I think. I mean... Even to the doctors in the hospital, my kidney doctors, they were like, "Man, you're uh, you're pretty in shape, and it's not something we see very often." But it, it was just a brought a lot of it was a huge learning lesson for me. Number one, I my health, right? Like that's something I was at out of balance. Like I wasn't focused on my health, but not working out. I've been we run a wrestling club in York here, but on the match with the high school kids isn't quite pushing myself how I need to. So yeah, the hospital experience, that was a hundred percent how I, how I viewed it though. A lot of yeah. people were quick to feel bad for me sitting in there. And I just looked at it like, man, my life is good. Like I'm here for a reason and we're going to use, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. It was all about waiting until my levels kind of dropped and they weren't dropping. So instead of getting discouraged, which would have been very, very easy to do. I mean, I was literally buried in the hospital room, it was like a co-room, two people in the room. And the guy beside me was like on his last leg. He was going through a lot of major health issues, was probably like 90 some years old, waking up in the middle of the night, going to the back. It was, it was, it was a rough, rough situation. Right. So I literally just put my headphones in and focused on me. It was where I really just did a lot of, um, analyzing where I was. It gave me a good opportunity. Like you always talk about the productive pause, my productive pause, was six days long. I really got to take a step back and just look at where I was and what, what was next? What was our next big thing and break, put the goals down and break them down. And all right, here we go. Yeah. So, That's where I, you, you and I had connected. And I said, man, I got to have you on the podcast because you had told me about this, this transformation that had transpired in your life since, since reveal your path and your mindset in the hospital, like you said, could have been discouraged, but you were just like, you, you saw it as this, gift of like 
time. You know, I was, you know, you had all kinds of stuff, so much stuff. Your plate was over full of, you know, your to-do list was as long as it had ever been. You had so much stuff on your plate, so much to do. And then you were forced to hit the brakes and you were like grateful for it. And I'm like, wait a second, this guy, this mindset is just this is different, right? This is this is not the way most people operate in the world, uh, and this was not the mindset that you had had whenever you ta- you and I talked years earlier when you were a security guard. It was a different Eric Albright, and uh, so I just want to encourage the listener. So wherever you're at, and you have these mindset blocks, and you know you are the person holding yourself back. I hope you know that because that is the case. If you are being held back, it is by you, by nobody else, and. But when you embrace that, it's not it's not defeating, it's empowering. And man, your mindset just blows me away, Eric, which is why you've gone come so far. And like you said, you're just scratching the surface, man. It's so cool to hear where you're at. And uh, man, we have to have you back on the show here uh, again in a couple of years and, and see how much further you've gone because this is a, it's pretty cool to be to be here listening to your story and seeing all the transformation that's happened in your life for all the right reasons, right? It's not that just that the right. guy's you know, for, for the listener, not just that financially he's successful, but like he's healthier, he's fitter, he's spending more time with his family, more time with his kids, more time with his wife. He's given back to his community. He's back coaching wrestling at his high school program. All these great things are happening for all the right reasons in your life. So very cool story, Eric. Yeah. And then, I mean, just kind of wrapping up like I, with, with my thoughts on that, I just encourage someone who might really feel stuck and not know what to do. Um, just, create a new environment for yourself and whatever you have to do. Like I, for me, it was podcasts and books and there's so many different options out there as podcasts and heck, even on this podcast, there are so many, a, a wide variety of different stories that um, I guarantee there's one or two you can relate with and there, you can create that environment and that's going to be the first step really. I mean, well, the first step is you're listening to this in the first place, which was a big, big thing. I mean, you've made the decision to recognize the change needed to happen. And for me, that was part of it. Um, but then taking action on that. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a complete game changer and I'm really excited to go to another level. And that's just gonna, like, we're always focused on getting an edge, keeping the edge and leveling up. So yeah. And Jim, I can't thank you enough for the mentor you've been for me the whole way back through my wrestling days to, to where I am today. And my family's thankful. My wife is thankful. And yeah, we're, we're very blessed to be where we are and looking forward to what the future holds. Well, the thankfulness and the gratitude is is all mine on this side too. I mean, it's just uh, so cool to be able to work with people like yourself, Eric. And if you could go back and talk to the old Eric, you know, which is where many listeners are, right? So for the listener, whether you're trying to go from a million dollars a year to $10 million a year, or or if you're just trying to get yourself from being a couch potato to to walking a a one mile fun run, right? No matter where you're at in your life, um, you know, there, there's, there's a next level that you want to get to. So Eric, if you can go back to talk and and talk to the old Eric, what what would you say? Well, I think one piece of advice, right. The environment of excellence. So create that for yourself. So I literally surrounded myself with people who are where I wanted to be like it professionally, my marriage health. Like I have health nuts around me right now. Cause I recognize that's an area I need to work on. Uh, you're a product of the five people you spend the most time with for me, business wise, I was hanging out with guys and I tell this story, I'll tell it quickly, but just hanging out with people who are thinking on another level. So instead of thinking, so I remember sitting back in years back, whenever a year and a half ago, like I was sitting in a, a restaurant up the road, a resort, 
And in typical situation, old circle of center of influence with my friends, if someone burns a burger, like the restaurant burns a burger, right? You're going to complain about it. You might complain, maybe not tip your waitress or whatever. The group that I was sitting with and the group I was hanging out with on a daily basis, weekly basis, they were just talking about, okay, well, they burnt the burger. So what if we just bought the resort? And they go and they purchase the resort. Now they're the owners, which opened up a lot of doors <laughs> on the road. But it just for me was wow. just like, man, like look at where I was and where I came from. And I quickly realized that men- mindset is everything. And that's not going to happen. It's tough on your own, right? But if you put yourself around people who they're where you want to be, they're living the life you want to live and doing the right thing, you're going to become like them um, just at naturally. I mean, and that's so powerful. And that's other, I mean, that's where in the beginning, you're going to, you might have to use books and lean on them a lot harder and podcasts and stories of other people and leverage their stories and just relate as much as you can to them until you can kind of create that situation for yourself physically. But yeah, that would be the piece of advice that I would give. Just put yourself around people. Um, if you don't know anybody, um, just start making it happen. Just reach out to people and grab a coffee with someone who is maybe in your community and a successful business owner, or maybe just an old teammate or something that you can kind of bounce ideas off of, but just keeping yourself out of that negative atmosphere, right? You're not hanging out with friends or grabbing a beer and just venting about how miserable your life is. But yeah, proactively just putting yourself and creating a better environment for yourself. So your environment excellence, that's everything. Great. Thanks, man. Well, well, for the listener, I want to address this last point before we wrap up. You know, your story is yours, right? You, you may listen to Eric's story and go, man, that is absolutely incredible. But for me, I don't have a college degree or I'm, a, I'm, I'm too old or I'm too young or I'm too this or I'm too that or I don't have this. Your story is your own, right? You don't have to go into financial services. You don't have to be starting from where Eric started. Your story is your own, right? Create your own path. I encourage you to, to embrace the lessons that you learned here and uh, make up your own tactics and your own path. So I encourage you to do that. Eric, for the listener who wants to reach out to you or find you or follow you or, or learn more about what you do, where can they go? So I'm big on uh, Facebook and Instagram. It's uh, I, I try to, I'm on there pretty frequently, just posting updates, what's going on in our life. I, I'll send Jim my, my website where, where you can uh, find out a little bit more about that side of what we do. But um, yeah, I mean, social media, it's a, it's really the, a big way to uh, connect and, Obviously, if anybody has any questions about anything or would just like to connect, uh, I'm always looking for uh, like-minded individuals to connect with and people who are going to grow and stretch my vision and or just maybe just giving someone some inspiration and maybe get them moving in the right direction, like what happened for me. So feel free to connect with me on social media or shoot me an email. And yeah, I would love to, I would absolutely love to connect and help any way possible. Excellent. And for the listener, I will have uh, links all in the action plan. Just go to jimharshojr.com slash action. You can download the PDF action plan. I'll have links to Eric's Facebook, Instagram, even his LinkedIn uh, and his website. So you can uh, you can grab that on the action plan. Again, jimharshojr.com slash action. Eric, thanks so much for making time to come on the show. Absolutely. And I again, I appreciate it big time, Jim. It means a lot. And it was a, it was an honor to do this with you today. Well, likewise, it was an honor to have you on here. And for the listener, until next time, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success. 
Don't forget what I talked about before the interview. If you want to find balance, clarity, and focus, take the next step and go to jimharshawjr.com slash apply. Space on my calendar is very limited, so claim your spot now. jimharshawjr.com slash apply.